Welcome to Public Power Underground, Northwest Public Power's premier weekly infotainment series covers Northwest public power and public power adjacent news. Our series began as an awkward forced fun time for the power department 48 weeks ago when we altered our work arrangements at the start of an ongoing pandemic. It has evolved into a forum to chat with public power professionals about niche topics that are entertaining to an extremely small group of electric utility enthusiasts. And if you're listening to this, that means you. On today's show, we'll get an update on Northwest Power Markets on Aaron Reports and do a quick check-in on public power and public power adjacent news on a truncated public power desktop so we can spend more time talking to NRU's John Francisco in this month's edition of Slummin' with the Underground. I'm your host, the voice of the Underground, Brian Fawcett, and I'm joined by the star of Aaron Reports, co-star of Public Power Underground, financial analyst Aaron Guillory. Good afternoon, Aaron. Good afternoon, Fawcett. Happy Friday. That's right. <laughs> this will be issued Friday, Paul. It counts. I'm <laughs> it. Our Friday, it makes sense. <sighs> our other co-star of Public Power Underground, the coding wizard of R and Python, our resident Genesis apprentices, a Reddit user, Banjalele Virtuoso, trained linguist and current power analyst, Ian, the neural network Bledsoe. Thanks for being here, Ian. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here instead of other places. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's foreshadowing for those of you that are. <laughs> oh, Lastly, the copy editor of Public Power Underground and manager of the power department, Paul Dockery. All the errors are mine. I apologize for when I have typos in the script. Uh, the reading of the script is uh, not their fault when I screw it up. I'm the copy editor. All the errors, but none of, none of the views uh, on this show represent the views of Class Connecticut People's Utility District, public power, or anybody else in general. That's right. So thank you for that. That's at the end. You've been listening, Ian, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, we're starting this week checking in on power market indicators in the Northwest with our first segment, Aaron Reports. Love it. Let's get into it. Okay, so this is Aaron Reports, built to take a few minutes to cover Northwest market indicators for February 18th, 18th, 2021. I'm Aaron Guillory, and I've got your market update for the week. April September flows, the Dow's are expected to be a, at 99% of normal, up 3.86% from last week. Checking in on Grand Coulee Dam, midday elevation was 1275.5 feet, which is a five-foot draft since last week's 1280 elevation. And Grand Coulee's peak outflow from the past week was 190, 195 KCFS yesterday, February 17th at 7 p.m. Entergy's aggregation of snow for BC hydro generation is 112.96% of normal, mid-sea 107.37%, and aggregating all the snow in the Columbia River Basin that'll flow through Bonneville Dam. They estimate there is 109.27% of normal slope snow blanket, which is up nearly 20% from last week. Mid-sea power settled at night around 83.53 per megawatt hour. Daylight brought 139.49, high 260, low 42. Balance of the month, February power at mid-sea was 60.71 reported yesterday. This week, we're checking in on spot market prices across the heavily hit areas using EIA source reporting. Spot prices for Houston gas is 216 per MMBTU and power hit 827950 per megawatt hour with a 6767 and 50 cent 
spark spread. In Southern California, natural gas hit 32.56 per mm BTU and power 160 and 10. Uh, and in the Midwest, gas is 13.67 per mm BTU and power is 245.24 per megawatt hour with a $149.57 uh, spark spread. Northwest spot gas, uh, spot market gas is at 665 per mm BTU with power at 142 per megawatt hour, which translates to a 20,000 heat rate. Spending a beat at Bonneville's balancing authority, peak load this past week hit 9,500 and change on February 12th at 8.35 in the a.m., a 360 increase from last week's peak. Running parallel, hydrogen was 347 higher this week at 12,450, that's 12,450, and wind gen 274 megs higher at 284 in the same interval compared to last week's coincident peak. Conventional thermal units dropped down about 100 in gen at 11.44 for the same hour. This week in NOAA forecasts, temp in the region has a 33 to 60% chance of being below normal, while precipitation in the region has a 33 to 60% chance of being above normal with some areas in the southern Oregon area right in the normal range to slightly below in the next six to 10 day outlook. And that's all we've got for this update. Thanks for the report, Aaron. Given the turbulent power markets this week, we decided to invite AnswerG's Mike Griswold on to chat about Northwest power markets. Well, hi, Mike. Welcome to Aaron Reports on Public Power Underground. How are you? How are you doing? Thanks for joining in the middle of dinner in Italy. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm right in the middle of a bowl of convogale, and it's quite good. Uh, uh, I'm well. Thank you for inviting me. Um, and I look forward to sharing uh, a few thoughts on the market. Great. We can't wait to hear about it. So uh, today we wanted to talk about the cold snap that drove gas prices to the triple digits Enforced ERCOT, SPP, and MISO to shed load. Uh, Northwest prices felt some of the upward pressure with gas in the double digits and power in the hundreds. Do you think the price pressure in the Northwest was driven by fundamentals or simply a ripple effect? And what should we, affect, what should we expect next week? I'd say 100% was driven by the ripple effect, what I call the virtual transmission line. Uh, the fundamentals in, in the Northwest didn't change much. Uh, Sumas was in the middle of about a 200 MMCF cut based on a compressor failure on West Coast Pipeline, not nearly enough to drive 14 prices to double digits. Uh, and it, it was almost like a, a virus or a cancer that just spread across the entire North America energy markets. Uh, we saw uh, San Juan Basin trade as high as $244 uh, a couple days ago, and a week ago it was trading for under $3. Uh, but in the last, last night's settle prices, we just saw a complete collapse of this, which further underscores our belief that we're going to be back to where we were a week ago as fundamentals just haven't changed in the West. The one fundamental that did change uh, within uh, the West, and that was flows into California uh, via the uh, Southwest gas pipelines, El Paso, Transwestern, Mojave, Kern River. SoCal Gas realized about a 1.5 BCF cut in imports uh, over the last four or five days. Uh, where'd that gas go? It all flowed east and Essentially, the pipelines just reversed their compressors and sent gas into the mid-continent, we believe, just simply to chase price. Uh, and so 
though, though the SoCal gas had rights to that gas, we believe they turned around and sold it to the Midcontinent at a, a significant profit, maybe as much as $100 an MMBTU. And hence, SoCal gas was, was left short. Uh, but their, opportun their opportunity price, the marginal cost of gas at that time was really being set by what, what they could get in Texas and the Midcontinent, which was in the triple digits. And hence, that price then became the price for the West. Hmm. Our suggestion that we're going to revert back to where our prices were is based on gas fundamentals. We're seeing demand decline off of warming temperatures. Uh, we saw a significant drawdown in gas to replace the gas that was flowing east, yet storage remains healthy. And SoCal gas is actually exactly where they were last year as far as the total gas on the ground. Jackson Prairie has a BCF more than they had last year, and PG&E has over 10 BCF more. So fundamentally, gas is in great shape in the West, uh, and that's another reason we're, we're saying that gas is going to slide right back to where we saw prices in the past. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, very interesting, Mike. Um, what do you, what do you think we have looking ahead for next week? Well, I, I'm seeing uh, an alignment of several bearish factors following this, this wild bullish cash run we just saw. Uh, and they're, they're, they're led by the, uh, BPA taking the DC line down to zero for maintenance. Mm -hmm. This will run from uh, February 22nd through March 10th and results in about uh, 2,200 average megawatts if we use yesterday's, uh, yesterday's average flows, less net demand in the Northwest and the flip side to that is 2,200 average megawatts of more net demand in California. So it is bullish for, for SP15, but it's 2,200 average megawatts bearish for the mid-sea. That's one factor. Um, the next factor, and, and I'm not, it's not of the scope that the DC uh, outage is, but this last storm system uh, coupled with cold weather, left significant amount of low elevation snow on the ground. And we're expecting to that all to melt over the next week or two, which will add to natural river flows. Uh, in addition, we're, we're seeing uh, a, the forecast outlook for precip right now is above normal. And if we look at uh, northern Idaho and, and western Montana, significantly above normal. So coupled with the low elevation snow, above normal precip, river flows, natural river flows are gonna remain relatively st strong, actually probably stronger than we're seeing right now. Wow. Now, the, the last thing that we're seeing is, is just a change in temperatures and we're coming out of a confirmed cold spell in the Northwest. Not that it was bitter cold like we've seen like in 2019 where we saw Portland and Seattle in the teens. It was down in the uh, high 20s, but it's, it's bouncing back. Lows we're seeing in the, in the high 30s, maybe even the low 40s uh, for the next week. So we'll see declining demand, probably increasing hydro, the DC cut, gas prices crashing, and it's kind of like four fundies all converging towards a softer market. 
Uh, well, perfect. Thank you for the insight, Mike, and thanks for letting us use some of AnswerG's indicators and Aaron reports. I feel like uh, just everything you shared, I myself will have to go back and, and review all of these details on my own. We appreciate your invaluable uh, insight here. Thank you. Thanks yeah, well, I, pre I appreciate the opportunity to share with you. And uh, if, if any of your uh, uh, viewers of your podcast are interested in, in learning more, I'd be happy to, uh, to walk them through the service as well. I'm sure they would appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Thank you and have a great day. You too. Enjoy Italy. All right. Thanks to Mike for jumping on at the last minute to talk markets. If you're interested in asking Mike follow-up questions, feel free to reach out by email using mtg at answergy.com. That's mtg at answergy.com. Next up is our weekly walk through Northwest Public Power and Public Power adjacent news in a segment we like to call Public Power Desktop. All right. Extreme and prolonged winter weather across the Midwest and South Central states forced ERCOT, SPP, and MISO to each individually issue Level 3 Emergency Alerts, or EEA3, rotating outages since last weekend. The Northwest also experienced system outages as winter storms down power lines, but the issues in the central part of the country forced an unplanned amount of power generation offline due to a number of cold weather issues spanning all resource types. All three balancing areas experienced insufficient generation to meet peak demand, so utilities were instructed to shed otherwise electrically connected load. The event has caused the Federal, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, and the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, NERC, to open a joint inquiry into the operations of the bulk power system. For up to the minute coverage, you can follow at SPP.org, at MISO underscore energy, and at ERCOT underscore ISO on Twitter. For insight into the event, I recommend following at Jesse Jenkins and the Department of Energy put together a great explainer video through their Twitter account, at Energy. So the extreme cold event's still ongoing. There's fear of uh, the prolonging this outage into the weekend because of another storm coming in. Uh, from the reporting that I've read, uh, there's a lot of major factors causing these power plant outages, some of which is lack of winterization, whether it was cooling ponds, valves, sensors, or cold weather packages. Uh, it's not a thing uh, generators in Texas invested in. One quip I heard this morning that I thought was a really good insight into the, the situation and planning was that uh, Canada is now going to have to plan for Texas heat and Texas is going to have to plan for Canada's winters uh, because of our changing weather and changing climate, which to me really highlights um, the kind of changing planning environment we're entering. This event coupled with what similar EEA3 event in California last year, the Enbridge pipeline um, from 2018 in the Northwest has really provided warning signs that uh, the electric utilities, uh, black swan events like this are going to happen. These extremely low probability, high impact tail events in planning um, could be more frequent. And uh, that's gonna change the way we have to think about planning. And one of the areas I think I'll be interested in is the way we think through um, planning for resources uh, for tail events versus thinking about ways to mitigate these type of events in the future. Um, for us in the utility space, I think there's gonna be a lot of uh, you know, head scratching and 
probably more than head scratching, some deep an analysis that's necessary so that um, we can learn from events like this over the past few years. In a press release Friday, February 12th, PNGC asserted that BPA has upended the bargain it has with power customers and continues to walk away from the essence of our deal, putting long-term success at risk. The press release was followed by a message from Roger Gray to peers in the region asking for support and pushing back against BPA. PNGC is asking public power customers to join together in order to present a unified message similar to when Mark Johnson as PPC executive committee chair asked the assembled group in front of Elliott Mainzer to raise their hand if they were considering alternative power supply options to BPA in the future. The raised hands got through to Elliott and Roger is hoping that we can find a similar way to get through to John Hairston in his first rate case as administrator. The revenue financing proposals will continue to be a topic discussed in the rate case, but the message from Roger is that the rate case doesn't have to be the only forum to campaign. For more, look to future communications from PNGC on forums for open dialogue outside of BP 22 rate proceedings where BPA is not in control of the conversation. On March 2nd, BPA will be hosting a second BP22 integrated program review to address economic uncertainty from the COVID-19 pandemic and Columbia River System Operations environmental impacts unknown at the time of the first IPR. Other topics to be addressed include the review of the Transmission Capital Program, hot topic, and the Environmental Impact Statement and Associated Endangered Species Act consultations. You can find the meeting announcement and how to attend through the tech form notification or on BPA's public meeting calendar. The capital spending for transmission and facilities asset categories is a topic I think is gonna be really interesting and meaningful towards the revenue financing and the transmission rates, which impact us and a lot of Bonneville customers. So could be a good one. Okay, that's all the news we're covering this week. We are saving time to talk more with longtime friend of the underground, the chief executive officer of Northwest Requirements Utilities, John Francisco, on this month's edition of Slumming with the Underground. Hi, John. Welcome to Public Power Underground. Hey, thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you today. I did want to take a little bit of time to check on uh, your power situation and your membership. We've got a lot of storms in the Northwest and across the, across the country. Well, my members are doing great. Talked to several this week. They're in good shape. Um, public power seemed to weather the storm well. I, on the other hand, you can see I'm in my office in the Lloyd Center or Lloyd uh, Tower because I still don't have power since Friday night. Wow. Um, as I, my dog is happy. My wife and I are not. So on balance, it's okay. Well, as long as your dog's happy, uh, that, that improves everybody's mood. Um, so how'd you get to Lloyd Center? You take a snowmobile or, uh, or how'd you get there? <laughs> we drove, um, but we could have snowmobile. That sounds like fun. That was the weekend away with snowmobiling. Yeah. Follow up. I, I have some friends that love to snowmobile. I uh, used to work in Langdon, North Dakota, and they always called them sleds. So do you yeah. call them sleds or snowmobiles? Generally call them sleds, but it depends if I'm with my group. So everybody knows the vernacular. I call them snowmobiles when I'm outside of the group. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like this niche. If you're in the know, you call them sleds, yeah. which I was not in the know when my friends were calling. I was like, what are you doing? Sledding around? Like, uh, that doesn't make any sense. See, exactly. You have to be part of the club, Paul. We can, we can initiate you. 
I would love to be initiated. They would be, my kids would love to be initiated too. We we've been sledding like actual sledding on our Hill and they really want somebody with a snowmobile to pull them back up that pull hill. Them back up. That's <laughs> great, great way to do it. Well, are you ready to uh, answer some deeply personal and occasionally inappropriate questions and knowing that we're going to be very judgmental of your answers? It's totally ready. As long as I can be equally as judgmental of the questions. I love it. I love, I love that vibe. Bring that, bring that hot and heavy. Okay. So the first one, uh, you can't be judgmental of this question, but I will be judgmental of your answer. Do you support, uh, Oregon federal legislation that would allow Oregon and Washington to permanently transition from daylight savings time, all the to daylight savings time all the time in order to forever rid ourselves of the scourge of seasonal time change? hundred percent, hundred percent support it should be a high priority. I mean, look at the time we spend guessing what time it is. We could fix this all. We could fix it all. It could be fixed so easily. Yeah. And I just, it's, it's March 14th is when we spring our clocks forward again and we lose an hour of sleep. And I just, I, I, I just really hope we can all agree that we do this one last time and then stay on daylight savings time all the time. I'm in. I, I think the underground should champion it. You guys, now that you're in, you were listed in NWPPA. You're a force. Right? We're an, we're an influencer. We're an influencer. <laughs> oh, that, that's the current term. You're going to see, I keep telling you I'm old. I'll never get this stuff right. Influencer. Correct. <laughs> but you're oh, here. I'm, you're here rolling. I'm assuming that our federal elected officials are all friends of the underground. Is that correct? Well, they're at least uh, they're at least treated as a friend of the underground and get peppered with these emails, uh, like so many people that have never asked to be friends of the underground, but still get oh the gosh. emails. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Paul has been kind enough not to make me shill with people like our financial statement auditors. Uh, he'll just tell them that he's adding them, and it's great. He's super nice, so it's fine. It worked it's out perfectly. <laughs> maybe how John became a friend of the underground. I think it was. I think it was very little choice or, or I kind of figured you ran out of good guests. So you oh. thought, well, who else could you roll in? And then you got to me. That's very humble of you, but that uh, is not the case. We're very excited to have you. All right. This one's mine. If NRU were a professional basketball franchise, what franchise would it be? And you can't pick the Lakers because Alex Swersman from PNGC claimed he was the LeBron James to Greg Mendonca's Anthony Davis and Roger Gray's Phil Jackson. You also can't pick the Celtics because PPC's Karen Heim named Scott Sims as public powers Brad Stevens. Mm. I spent some time prepping on this. I was thinking about it, maybe trying to figure out what would be a good answer. I'm going Gonzaga Bulldogs. And so because there's no rules, and I'm not a big NBA fan. It was either I jump ranks to another sport, but I'm going to stay in basketball and go Bulldogs. I love the disregard of the question and yep. you're just going for it. Yeah. And I love the bull, like Gonzaga Bulldogs. That's a really good choice. How do you not like a mid-major that kicks butt? Yeah, that turned into just a national powerhouse over the last yeah. 10 years. Yeah, the mid-major label is a little outdated, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they, they won the national championship, was it two years ago? I've lost all sense of time because it's a Close. pandemic. Close. They made it to the final three years ago. Um, and they're looking good this year. I don't get to see them as much now down here in Portland, but uh, I'd, I'd have to check. They were ranked number one or have been all season. 
I, uh, I have a friend who has season tickets to the University of uh, Portland just because of the basketball. Like it's, uh, you get uh, Gonzaga in and some other, other. what yeah. is it that WCC, I want to call it? WCC, West Coast Conference. Yep. That's Good awesome. job. And the Child Center is a great venue. Is it? it? Yeah, it is. I'll have to go. I'm, a, I'm an Eastern Eagle guy, so I'm waiting for football to be played again. I've already yeah. been told that my, uh, my house is the pre-funk for the away games, so I have to prepare early. <laughs> the what for the away games? The, the pre-funk for when Eastern comes down and plays Portland. The, there must be some story about, behind a pre-funk. Oh, you before you tailgate. You know, you got to get ready for tailgating. And that's called pre-funking? Is this an Eastern thing or is this just a thing? It's just uh, a thing, Paul. Come on, I, man. I've definitely heard of this. Not thank, you, that, Paul. thank you, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, Aaron's no. not her head. Ian's with us. Ian's <laughs> taking <laughs> notes. Making a note to yeah. later. All right. Uh, if you had to choose one NRU member's service territory to live in for the rest of your life, what service territory would it be? No, we're kidding. Paul, Paul didn't want you to answer that question. You want me to answer that? Obviously political reasons. Oh, so I like the actual true. question is, what are your thoughts about the forum for post-2028 contract discussions for the region? And is there a way we can have productive discussions amongst customer groups so we don't get easily divided and conquered by BPA? Yeah, you know, I, I think it is. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, so the answer is a simple yes. We, it's, it's really a matter of setting aside what kind of customer you are and thinking about the broader foundation that you want to lay. And I think that's, if we, as customers got together first and, and we're price setters. And I, I don't mean that strictly from the, the dollar perspective, but if we went, if we were to align ourselves and go to Bonneville and say, here are the elements that we think are important. This, this is the foundation for a partnership that works for us long-term and said to Bonneville, here's what we need in our contracts realizing that it's not a typical commercial transaction. I think that's how we keep publics aligned and we don't allow Bonneville to fracture us. And, and I would even say, um, you know, I think we could talk at length about what kind of improvements Bonneville needs to make and how they fracture us, but public power often fractures ourselves. And I think we're the ones that can fix that. And if we did it, we'd be a mightier force than we are now. Um, and, and that's certainly our goal to take a, a brief, serious moment. And, you know, I know that uh, Klatskanai is a, a slice customer, but we work extensively with you guys. We have far more similarities than we do differences and we need to build on those. Yeah, I, I, I like how you think about it. It's not a traditional uh, commercial framework. Um, it, in a lot of ways, it is because of the nature of Bonneville and the preference, right, preference rights, we can work together to just pro provide better service to all of us. And it's not like only one person can get a least cost contract. Um, do you have thoughts on what the forum for those discussions could be? Or, or is that for really a later time? Um, is there a good place to have those? Because you have to find a place, right? You, yeah. It isn't going to happen in a vacuum. You know, I, I think um, whether it's PPC or NRU, I think the trades are a natural gathering point. 
Um, and we, we try and be in lockstep with PPC that's as much as possible. And I, I think the rates and contracts is emerging as a forum and I support that. Um, I, I think the going back to getting the broadest subset of people together and recognizing those similarities, that's a bit repetitive. But in terms of a forum, I think the rates and contracts is a good fit. Um, people feel really safe there. And, and I think, um, again, we can speak from strategic issues, but then dive deep enough with those folks to define how to, how to address or really fulfill those strategic desires. Yeah, I, I really love the rates and contracts group as well. And I, I, your attendance, Megan Blake's NRU is well represented at those meetings and always has great input. Uh, we got really serious there. So yeah. maybe, I mean, we'll even take it even more serious here. What do you got for us, Aaron? Uh, how did BPA staff determine that the amount of revenue financing to include in power rates should be $95 million per year? In the spirit of the BP22 rate process, we decided to take a question directly from NRU's testimony. Wow, I don't remember our answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a half flippant and half real answer. As they said, well, how much revenue do we have and how many expenses do we have? And let's do the basic math. I mean, that's really the answer. And I think that's why everybody's kind of questioning the outcome is not so much whether revenue financing or not is appropriate, but is the way we determine the level of it um, was a little, it, it lacked a little uh, rigor to say. It lacked a process, yeah. as Megan would say. Yeah. I like, uh, to be even more flippant, I love, they use the goal seek button. Like Excel has a feature, they use that. It was goal seek, let's get to zero. That's 95 million. Ma Megan's always more correct than I am. You guys should know that by now. She's way smarter than I am. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, I mean, she's way smarter than all of us, right? That's, uh, yeah. I, that's. I came to that realization long before I came to work for NRU, so. Yeah, it just... Uh, one of the all-stars, one of the all-stars that NRU has at their disposal. It's great. So the last question is mine. And it is in the spirit of the Simpson proposal, which we're still digesting, but it seems like he's just allocating a massive amount of resources to solve the salmon wars, which is, could be a good tactic. So let's take that tactic. I'm going to ask you this question. If you could allocate just a massive amount of resources to solve some public power, public power adjacent topic, what would it be? For, for instance, I got a couple for you. Would it be ridding all of public power Excel sheets of links, VLOOKUPs, pivot tables? That's one. I mean, that's just one. Teach everybody SQL skills. That, that's one of them. The other one is undergrounding all of the distribution systems. This is one that I also love. Also uh, ties nicely to the title of this podcast. So it's a that's an interesting question because I would use the term recent bias and say absolutely underground everything in sight so I could get heat on in my house again. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a recency bias. It's it's also I mean it fires too, right? It's it is it's snow and fire risk. It, yeah, it's terrible. Um, although pivot tables are probably the bane of our existence, um, I just have to say that as a I'm going back to the Relic platform here as an older person. And so I started using Symphony. If any of you guys have even heard of that, it's an old, old spreadsheet. Everybody's going to Google right now. Like, what? what's he talking about? He's crazy. It's like pre uh, Windows 95, right? Like Windows 3. It was DOS, backslash, menu, commands. Yep, the real deal. Um, 
I've never, pivot tables just make me nuts. And if we could get rid of them and any leftover money, go back to the um, daylight savings issue, I think we'd, we'd all be extremely happy from here on out. I, uh, John, I didn't know this. We're going to be best friends. It's it's it. You love you. You have firm feelings on seasonal time change and pivot tables. Like it's. I didn't know. I didn't know I could make a best friend this he, late. He's line. always great. doing it, taking taking your cues and running with them. Paul. <laughs> Very subtle cues. No, these are my honest opinions. Paul and I did not. We didn't practice this. I promise. It's great minds. That's what I'm going with. It's great minds is is absolutely correct. Aaron's taken away from here. All right. Okay. Ooh. Um, so as you know, John, in true public power fashion, we're debuting a new public power adjacent adjacent infotainment game. We're calling Choose Your Own Public Power Adventure. Uh, okay. This is a lightning round style choose your own adventure where we'll ask you to pick a thing out of a list. Your next question will depend on your answer to the prior question. Ooh. Are you are you ready for this? Always ready. Okay. All right, so to start, <laughs> so much good has been cut out of this question. Can I please read the full question from the original script? That Yeah, no, you're supposed to be reading yeah. from the original okay. script, Aaron. Yeah, Excellent. yeah okay. that's why it's there. I can't okay. put it all on a slide. I was running yeah. through this earlier, and I was just like, Paul yeah. had said, hey, if you want to have any kind of editorial right, please feel free, but it's just all gold, so we're doing it. Okay, sure. all right. So uh, please rank from best to worst PNUC, PPC, or NWPPA. No, just kidding. Okay, just kidding. Uh, I was going to say they're all last. NRU is not on that list. We're the best. <laughs> See, that's, that's why we need all of these. Okay. Uh, slice, block, or load following. Okay, all right. That was another one. We'll toss that one out. Okay, uh, Grand Coulee, Lower Granite, or the Dalles? Oh, shoot. Okay, hold on. Oh, my god. That gosh. was weird. All right, these are so, I'm so sorry. This is terrible. Okay, Ducks, Hoosiers, or Eagles? That's so easy. The Eagles are the best. The Ducks are the worst. I'm sorry. I, Eastern, Eastern Washington guy right here. Take it back to the farm every day. <laughs> Maybe I mean, that you're, you're really, I mean, Hoosiers, Hoosiers is first for me. My oh. dad was a Hoosier. Uh, oh. Yeah. So is that Oklahoma, Paul? Indiana. No, Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I don't follow sports too much. So I watched a few YouTube clips and didn't they have a pretty good year last you watch oh, YouTube clips as research for this? Oh, that's so, that's so classic, Aaron. I wanted Aaron. to prepare for my role classic here. Classic, Aaron. Hey, all in. Wait, we can so, watch, like, basketball games as preparation for this? <laughs> of course. We're yeah. supposed to be watching NBA desktop every, like, all of them for preparation for these. With the what other about the movie Hoosiers? Yeah. That would also be good prep. That, so, so Megan's a duck, right? Yes. And then Blake's the Hoosier. I did. So you, 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 I mean, you're obviously you're ranking Megan last is what I'm interpreting. Wow. No, I would never. Oh, I'm ranking the blind faith in the ducks is last. Just saying, but although you, the Midwest, the, the Indiana folks are, I mean, that's religion. And since Bobby Knight left, it's like, yeah, they're really not that entertaining. Mm -hmm. So back to the Gonzaga comment. I mean, who do you see on TV? 
I mean, I learned I'm Brian know. for this one. Who do I see on TV? Gonzaga? <laughs> Brian, who do you see on TV? <laughs> Out of those three, the Hoosiers. I mean, well, the Ducks are on TV too. I, Ducks are, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do want to give, I, I noticed the subtle, if you're not first, you're last um, oh, vibe. Oh, and gosh. I just really have to call that out and say I'm all about it. That's one of my favorite lines <laughs> of a movie. But that's absurd. There's second, there's third. There's so many places in between first and last. Why? That's crazy. <laughs> I have, I'm going to work this in because I can't. I became a grandpa yesterday. Oh, and so I, I have to change my whole, if you're not first, you're last. I have to be a better influence on my granddaughter oh, than I man. was my daughter. And so that, that's one of my goals is how to be that really good, well-rounded grandpa. That's great. Like to it. It's yeah, gotta be. We can say to that. That's perfect. Because I am. A, everybody's a winner type of grandpa is what I'm hearing. No, I think I'm just going to buy her all the best equipment so she can be the coolest kid. That's where I'm going with that. That's what grandpas are for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spoil and return. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So next round here. Um, would you choose sports or leisure? Sports. Sports. Okay. Uh, the script says you've chosen sports. So <laughs> you'll need to choose one of the following three sports activities. Would you choose hiking, biking, or automobiles? Mm, bike that's an easy one biking okay all right well what type of biking are we talking about then are we talking moab portland or the plains of abraham moab. moab definitely moab um we're ripping through these pretty quick wanna do you want to divulge on why you would choose moab uh i'm a dirt <laughs> biker and and oh, so okay. the further away i can get from population and, and just ride the single track and yeah enjoy the outdoors um i do mountain bike too but then i have to pedal the thing so hey they make e-bikes now yeah. mountain bikes they go cruising by me all the time yeah <laughs> yeah really off-putting but i don't know i still have my uh my 300 beta and i still cruise by the e-bikes too so what's a 300 beta is that a type the, of is this like carbon fiber Oh no, it's a dirt bike, motorcycle. Paul. Motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're a snowmobiler and a and a and a dirt biker. Correct. Okay. I love the mountain bike too. I mean, that's I've done it for years and years. Now, have you ever been to Moab? Yes. And Once. and does it live up to the hype? Yes, it really does. So I just learned something. I thought Moab was mostly for mountain biking. I didn't realize there must be, it must be uh, for dirt bikes as well. They got oh. Jeeps, dirt bikes, you name it. Okay. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Custom off-road vehicles. Yep. Oh yeah. The, the yep. rock crawlers. Yeah. It's like a whole yeah. thing. It's like a whole subculture. I'm not sure I get that, but it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I, mean, I did appreciate the, the Plains of Abraham reference, and I'm wondering if Paul actually knew about the Plains of Abraham, right. or if he asked somebody. I mean, I phoned a friend. I phoned a friend. Because that is uh, one of the best mountain biking trails in the Northwest, in my opinion. Oh, I, I thought it was a joke. What is it? So now you have to explain to me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of the few trails on Mount St. Helens that's open to mountain biking, and it's awesome. Oh. It's a oh. big plain... Um, of, I'm not, really? 
Yeah. <laughs> Make a note. All right. I Googled this and it said it was in Quebec, Canada. So yeah. <laughs> good thing you stepped in here, Fawcett. Very you nice. got to stop. You got to not Google and you got to just ask a friend like, hey, Barb, <laughs> you're a mountain biker. What, what, what are the plains of Abraham? Oh, my gosh. You're right. That is a that's a con to having an Alexa home. Yeah. yeah. In, instead of explaining Plains of Abraham, I will let you ask Barb about it. It'd be a great uh, opportunity to, to talk biking with her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really excited for the outdoor adventure inf information from John. It sounds like you know these outdoor adventures. You snowmobile, you dirt bike. This is this is your genre. I didn't know I, that I, about you. Well, my yeah, but I'm trying to get into hiking. I, my wife really likes to hike and I'm somewhat newly married, and so trying to trying to broaden my horizons. And, uh, so Have looking you, for good trails around here. I, there's oh, millions of them. So many, so. yeah, so many. I will say that's one um, a big good on you for doing Moab or trying to go somewhere. Not a lot of people go. I typically will do Upper and Lower Maclier, you know, Piddick Mansion or something like that, Mount Tabor, just because it's so close. But yeah. Yeah, there's so much that's out there. Detroit Lake is beautiful. Okay. Lots of good hiking around there. Yeah. Last uh, one. Okay. Oh, we're okay. Yeah, last question here. Okay, so uh, here we go. Do, do, do. All right, your choose your own adventure has led you to this. The final question that we plugged here, you have to answer. All trails were going to lead to this question. Drumroll, please. <laughs> Did you have to tell them that? <laughs> I felt scared here regardless. I'm going to be honest. But... Oh, so which platform are you subscribed to for Public Power Underground? Would you say, or I mean, well, it's hopefully a fact here, podcast, YouTube, or Substack? You Select all that apply. YouTube. Oh, nice. <laughs> Congratulations, you've won the game. That's it? That's nice. it? I'm a winner? You won the game. You are a best friend of the underground. You really, you won the game at the very beginning when you uh, uh, hated seasonal time change and pivot tables. It was just, it was predetermined from then on. Yeah, and before this, when you became a grandpa, that's very exciting. That is very exciting. Oh, very thank exciting. you. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So we'll let you get back on that sled and ride home to your, uh, to your house that's without power. Hopefully PGE gets you back online. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Yeah, loved having you. We're gonna, we're gonna. If you're okay with it, we're gonna keep pestering your staff to come on Public Power Underground because oh, yeah. they are awesome. They are naturals and they add great value to the region. And we're just gonna use your resources to be fun. Absolutely, I agree. They are the best. No question about it. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Uh, yeah, great meeting you, John. Nice to meet you guys. Hey, John. Well, thanks uh, to John for agreeing to stop by. That was fantastic. That, that's all we have for this week. Send us any news, jobs, questions, opinions, or corrections to Paul on Twitter at a power manager. Or if you're a friend of the underground, send any of us a note. Any corrections from last week, Paul? Thanks, Brian. Glad you asked. In discussing our ENSO conditions, after Ian called out Aaron for pronouncing ENSO as ENZO, I referred to this year's uh, conditions as, quote, La Nino, which is a complete gibberish. Uh, so clearly we're in strong El Nina conditions. And maybe next time we'll learn uh, a little bit of a lesson and be less harsh on mispronunciation of industry terms such as niche topics. <laughs>
niche, niche, maybe niche? not niche. niche. Not niche. Niche. Mizo. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's an El Nino. Uh, I'm not going to correct next week. It could it would be a really good bit it. if I. Well, I'm expert on both French and Spanish. <laughs> Tequila Washington. El Nino in my script to El Nino, but you changed that in yours. Well, I was part of the joke. I was doing El Nino. It was part of the joke. Okay. It was good. Yeah, true. All right. Well, thanks for correcting the record, Paul. You're welcome. Public Power Underground is a multimedia empire. Not only can you find us on our YouTube channel, you can also subscribe, rate, comment, and listen to your favorite performative pandemic public power series through your favorite podcast app. And guess what? You can sign up for an unintrusive newsletter with links to all of it when new episodes are published by signing up on Substack at publicpowerunderground.substack.com. If you'd like to be removed, removed as a friend of the underground, you can send Paul an email with the subject line G's every week, all capitals. That's the subject line G's every week, double question mark, all capitals. To Paul Dockery to be removed from the distribution list for Friends of the Underground. Thanks for tuning in. Public Power Underground is presented by Plug Pass. Plug Pass is an electric vehicle charging pro program designed by and for commuters. We've incorporated charging speed fees into our end-use electric vehicle public charging rates used at our utility-owned charging stations. Charging speed fees send the right price signal to motorists that the faster they want to charge, the more it costs to serve their power needs. It's a signal that helps the electric vehicle motors make smart decisions and the utilities save money. Check out our GitHub page to learn more. Just search for pdockery slash PlugPass. PlugPass, it's open source. PlugPass, it's just an outlet. Public Power Underground is a pandemic diversion for entertainment purposes. It's written, edited, and produced by the Power Department. The views expressed here are our own and not the official views of Klotzkin IPUD, nor of any person or organization affiliated or doing business with Klotzkin IPUD, nor the organization of the guests also appearing on Public Power Underground. Neither Klotzkin IPUD nor those appearing on Public Power Underground generate ad revenue from the episodes. We're just trying to have some fun and convince others to have some fun with us. If you enjoyed the episode, you can hop on the podcast app and give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. Public Power Underground for electric utility enthusiasts. Public Power Underground, it's work to watch!